So this is a podcast in association with the ABN, and I'm with uh, Professor David Chadwick, who is the ABN medalist for 2013, and we've just heard a splendid talk from you, David, in which you took us through your career and some of your thoughts about the future directions of neurology. Could you start off by just telling us about uh, what neurology was like when you began your career and uh, how it's evolved in that time? Neurology, of course, then was a very small speciality with a limited, way less than 100 uh, consultants in the country. It was a speciality that was largely a tertiary referral speciality, rarely seeing direct GP referrals. It was a speciality that many clinicians felt had very limited therapeutic options, in spite of the fact that uh, we had effective treatments, for instance, for epilepsy, and just at that time, the the start of the L-DOPA revolution for Parkinson's disease. But of course, epilepsy was not a big part of neurology. It was dealt with. No, I think that's absolutely right. If one looked at the prominent clinicians uh, as far as epilepsy was concerned in the UK, you would probably find that they were clinical pharmacologists or neuropsychiatrists rather than neurologists. There are probably only uh, two or three neurologists in the country who would have said that they had a particular interest uh, in epilepsy and, it, and its management, something that has really changed enormously uh, over the last 30 years and perhaps is one of the strongest arguments that has existed for uh, the expansion of the speciality. So you were a very, very big influence to me. Who was your influence early on? Oh, early on, um, I came into neurology somewhat by accident, taking on a, a research uh, job with Ted Reynolds, who was one of the neurologists who did have an interest with epilepsy. And I was fortunate at that time also to be working in a very vibrant uh, environment at King's College in the Maudsley with David Marsden, who'd recently been appointed professor there. So I had lots of different research opportunities, including working with Mark Hallett, the uh, Gordon Holmes lecturer, this year. These were big influences, and and from there I went to Newcastle and then on, on to Liverpool. I think one of the biggest influences after that has probably been Charles Waldo in terms of his impact in ensuring that neurologists become, uh, if you like, numerate and uh, familiar with clinical trials and develop a real interest in, in the best management for patients with neurological problems. So uh, randomised controlled trials are something that you have championed, but in particular the pragmatic trial, which effectively for epilepsy you invented. So uh, tell us why pragmatic trials. Well, in some ways, RCTs can become really quite artificial when they're undertaken by the pharmaceutical industry because industry trials, which are far away the most frequent, of course, are directed simply to identify a a short-term benefit Uh, for patients. Yet, uh, as neurologists, we treat people with long-term conditions. So in order to uh, get valid information 
about patients with epilepsy, one has to have trials that measure outcomes over one or more years. And that means it's difficult to apply very rigorous standards such as blinding because if you are wanting to compare three different drugs, how do you blind those drugs? How do you accommodate different doses uh, going forward during the trajectory of a patient's treatment? So I, I was very much in favour of trying to develop trials that really reflected everyday clinical practice, that were easy for clinicians to enter patients into, that did not demand enormous extra quantities of the clinician's time because that is their scarcest commodity. And I've been enormously encouraged by all the support that the ABN has uh, given to uh, the trials that uh, we've been able to run in the UK. So actually one of the spin-offs of the pragmatic study of SANAD in particular is actually that it's brought together UK neurologists around a, a research protocol that uh, they're now anxious to participate again in SANAD 2, which uh, uh, is, is just launching now. So I think there, it's a kind of very positive effect actually on uh, the research of the UK. So you talked in your lecture about the future of neurology. Just tell us a little bit about how you see the neurology in 20 years' time. Oh, dear me, that's a rather long time frame for someone like me to be thinking about, I think. Um, I really do want to see uh, improved care for patients with acute neurological problems. Currently, someone with acute or subacute problems is likely to present to a district general hospital. They'll be seen perhaps in an emergency department and then in an acute medical unit that's unlikely to have easy access to expert neurological uh, opinion. And there's no doubt that I see many instances where patients suffer because neurology isn't on the spot uh, and isn't accessible. And I think that that is one area that we really have to address and to change. And the second area is really to develop what people now call integrated care. That is to say, care for people with long-term conditions across social services and medical services. Something that's actually quite difficult when we do have the sort of fragmentation of organisations that need to deliver this integrated care. And so I, I think there's a, there's a big agenda for neurology to really provide leadership that filters right out from the sort of academic centres to get expertise into the community. And is there any work that's left undone that you would have liked to have done in your career? Oh, my goodness gracious me. Um, inevitably, there are lots and lots of things that um, one would like to have done. Inevitably, when you take on a research project, you might answer one or two questions partially, but you probably find there are another half a dozen questions that uh, are left unanswered. One of the key issues that 
has never really been addressed in epilepsy is whether it's possible to actually modify the, the natural history of epilepsy rather than simply suppress seizures with pharmacological treatment. That would have been an area that I would really have liked to have studied. Any words for trainee neurologists, people coming into neurology now? Well, only words of encouragement. It remains, I think, the speciality with the greatest unmet burden of disease. I don't think there's going to be the sort of earth-shattering changes in cardiology or gastroenterology uh, that you're likely to see in neurology during the course of a, a working lifetime. So I think any young person recently qualified can be guaranteed a really exciting life and career in neurology. Thank you very much indeed, David, and thank you uh, for taking time to talk to uh, us today. And uh, congratulations again on being the ABM medalist for 2013. Thank you very much.